Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. If this is your first time with us, my name is not Sean Weekly. (laughs) So uh, I have the privilege of being substitute, so please don't judge your experience based upon my efforts this morning. Um, <laughs> we're just glad that you're here. We're, we're glad that you're. I always had a family reunion uh, this week. Anybody been to a family reunion this summer? Family picnic, family anything? Okay. And uh, man, we had an awesome time. I had family from Delaware and uh, by way of New Orleans, they could be Hurricane Katrina, um, and from all over Texas. And uh, I just we just got together got together this week, and it was a great time. I hadn't seen a lot of. Uh, my family, and so long, and I'm not going to lie, we cut up, especially last night, like, we cut up, the, you know, they played the music, we was dancing and having a good time, and didn't care, um, and there was so much that I took away from that, like, so much life and energy, man, it's like, man, I wish we lived closer, but there's no way I'm moving to Delaware ever in my life, and uh, so we're just going to have to do this when we do it, but I, I took away so much, anybody, I mean, and I know Families are, are weird sometimes, but does anybody ever, like, just take away something when you get with your family? Like, man, it's, you know, barring that there's no disagreements or arguments or food fights or anything like that, you know, it's most of the time we can, we, we feed off of the energy, right? And uh, I like to believe that that's the way that uh, church should feel. I feel like when we come here together as a family and gather in one accord to worship, that we should leave with a, with a, a sense of a, a, a energy that we didn't have when we walked in. And so uh, I'm just glad that you came to worship God with us this morning. Would you high-five your neighbor and tell him, thank you for coming? And then the one that you thought wasn't as cool, can you look at them and say, thank you too? (laughs) Awesome. So uh, (laughs) we started this series recently uh, last week. Pastor Sean started this series where we're just talking about different things that Jesus said, and we're just focusing our heart on on capturing what uh, what Jesus left us to do here um, on this earth, and and uh, we're looking at some of the things He's told us last week. Uh, he did an awesome job of articulating that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and uh, no one can come to the Father except through Him. Uh, I told him jokingly, "I'm glad that you did that one, <laughs> and not me, because that's a tough one. <laughs> that could be tough." And I was like, yeah, so if two people are here uh, next week, uh, I'm sorry, because you, you gave me a tough one, too. So, But we're going to get through it together, and um, we believe that God's going to be glorified through it all. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 5 this morning, Matthew chapter 5. And before we get to our main text, uh, just kind of a, a build up as to what's going on. Um, Jesus is, he's preaching this eloquent uh, message about uh, the kingdom of heaven, and he starts off in chapter 5 talking about what it looks like to be blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? I know I want to be blessed from the Lord, and if you want to be blessed, I'll encourage you to go and just meditate and read on Matthew chapter 5, and he talks about how blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil things against you. He talks about all these things that make you blessed. Then he goes on to say that you're the salt of the earth, and you're the light of the world. 
And then Jesus, uh, he, he says, I, I didn't come to get rid of the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And then he goes on to talk about things that most of us, even if you don't proclaim to be a Christian, kind of figure is a bad idea not to do, like murder and adultery. Uh, he goes into that and, uh, and, and how making, a, making your yes, your yes, and your no, your no, and making false oaths. And he talks about turning the other cheek and walking in forgiveness. But I've been tasked with the assignment to go like into the last part of Matthew chapter 5. And this is what I personally feel like, okay? Any comic people in the house, raise your hand. Okay, a couple of y'all, so I won't get beat up. Okay, so uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, growing up, I wasn't really into comics because anything that required me to read um, and look at pictures, I was asking too much for me. So I just looked at the pictures and was like, oh, that's cool, and I just got rid of it. I didn't really get into comics. Um, but uh, so I say all that to say when Marvel made all these Disney movies, well, Disney made all these Marvel movies, and, and I, for the first time, really understood all these characters. And I appreciate it. I'm glad I didn't read it because it was better on the screen. It works for me better. I can only do one thing at a time, okay? Don't draw pictures and expect me to read too. Just give it to me in the movie. So uh, I, I remember the first Avengers, man. At the end of Avengers, this is in 2012, okay? The first Avengers. And uh, Loki had, had tried to take over uh, uh, New York City, and they had a big fight in Times Square. And, I mean, I work in insurance, and I'm just thinking, man, <laughs> that would suck to be real life. <laughs> I'm pretty sure acts of war is an exclusion, just so you know. <laughs> Those things that nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares to know, but you just know because you're in the field. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, yeah. So uh, <laughs> just hope that the uh, Loki doesn't really come. So, um, yeah. I was watching this movie, and then at the end of it, they just, they, you know, the Avengers, they come and they save the world, and I'm like, man, that was awesome. And, and the person I'm with is like, yeah, there's supposed to be another one. I'm like, how do you make another one? And of course, in every Marvel movie, at the end of the, the, uh, the credits, there's a scene, and it's a dark, menacing scene. And you hear this evil voice talking about how the human should be wiped off of civilization, and then you see this purple man with his crown turn around, and his name is Thanos, and he just smiles and grins. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait when you thought it was all over. And I kind of feel like this part of Scripture that we're going to look at is like that, in a sense, in a sense of, you know, he, Jesus, he says, these are all the things you should do, and these are all the these ways you should live. But then he, he saves the hardest one for the very very end in Matthew chapter 5 it says this verse 43 you have heard that it it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you we can stop right there and go home. what love who <laughs> pray for who <laughs> that I'm telling you that is Thanos looking at you like you thought you were a Christian huh, huh? yeah your enemies. He says, so love your enemies. And then in verse 45, he goes on to talk about how, why? That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
And uh, I'm not a theologian, and I'm definitely not the best Bible teacher in the world, but if I had to summarize what Jesus is telling us to do as his disciples, as his followers, in two words, this is what I would say. This is what he's saying. Love better. It's easy to love the people you like. It's easy to love the people who you might be associated with because of your DNA and your bloodline. That's easy. But he says, hey, (laughs) those enemies, yeah, love better. You think you've been doing a good job of walking in love. You think you've been doing a good job of, of expressing the love of God to the people around you. But I'm about to put you to the test because I want you to do what? Love better. Let's pray real quick. God teaches out of love. Amen. <laughs> That's all we need to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus, he, he's, he's looking at us as, as disciples, as followers of him, and he's saying, I want you to love better than the world loves. He's saying he wants you to start where it hurts. I want you to learn how to love, but I want to take you to the place where it hurts the most. And as I'm saying this, I believe that God is, for some of you, might be showing you people in your past who have hurt you and people who maybe you may feel are justified to be considered an enemy and for you to keep your distance from. And I believe that the Holy Spirit might be bringing some names of some people uh, that you might need to think about loving better. And, and let, me, let me just say this as I talk and I communicate. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you, okay? Like, I, I'm in this boat too, okay? I need to learn how to love better too. I struggle with that too. I think we all can say that at one point or a time, we had to love somebody a little bit better for the sake of Jesus. And, and so he's, he's saying, I want you to, to do better than the world does. See, even tax collectors can love people that they like. And if you're in the tax profession, I'm sorry. You guys get a bad rep in the Bible, but <laughs> I appreciate you. I'll holler at you in April, okay? Um, but he says, he says, uh, I want you to love better. And loving your enemies, this is what it does. It'll cause you to look at your heart. When you adopt this idea, you adopt this philosophy, you, this 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 thing that Jesus is trying to to get you to embrace, it causes you to stop looking at the reason why you don't love and start looking at at you. It starts, it causes you to examine your heart. And I can't help but but think when I was meditating on this of Proverbs chapter four, and we'll read just a little bit of it, but it says, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Verse 23, this is what we want to focus on. Above all else, guard your what? Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And that's what Jesus' commandment, it points you back to Proverbs. It says, hey, we need to guard your heart. And in order to do that, I'm going to start by teaching you how to love where it hurts first. You got to love better. Love your enemies. And it's not easy to do. It's not, it's not a, a cakewalk. Jesus didn't say that it would be easy. He just said, do it. I mean, anybody ever had a personal trainer in here? Show of hands. Okay, anybody ever fire that person because it wasn't easy? 
Anybody ever avoid personal trainers altogether? <laughs> but whether it's a personal trainer, a football coach, uh, a teacher at your university, if they're doing their job well, if they're a good teacher, they're going to constantly put you in a position that challenges you to step out of your comfort zone to grow you beyond what you believe your capacity may be. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, I know it's easy to love the, ex the easy people, but the hard ones, I need you to love them too. Can you love better? Love better. Now, if we look back at Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 44, he's telling us what to do, how to love. But then if you look at verse 45, he tells us the why. And he says that you may be children of your Father in heaven. I'm not going to lie. When I first read that, I was like, why he had to say that? Like, why he had to go there? Like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> you got to say it like that. He says that you may be, ch be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends reigns on the righteous and unrighteous. The righteous and he causes the son to rise, son to fall, rain to come down on the righteous. What this is just a what are you saying, Jesus? And I, I believe that he's trying to tell us that the same God that controls the weather. Is the same one who controls the circumstances between you and your enemies. And if, if you really want to trust in Jesus, then the part of the, the first, one of the first parts of trusting Jesus is trusting that he's in control. He's in control of that relationship. He's in control of, see, some of you have people who you may consider an enemy because they cause you great hurt. They cause you great pain. Let me tell you something, and, and I'll share this with you because I know that he's, he would be okay with me sharing this with you. But um, in 2012, I lost my mother. And within a six-month time period, my father remarried. And he didn't remarry like, hey, here's a wedding invitation. It was like, I'm going out of town for Christmas, comes back with a wife. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a little messed up. And, and we worked through it. It caused me great hurt. And in that moment, I had to make a decision. I just lost my mother, but do I want to lose my father too for the sake of my bitterness, right? That's the question I, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that ain't what the first thing came to my mind. Like I'll tell you, I was in Olive Garden when I found out. I got up. I don't even like Olive Garden. I don't know what I was doing there. But I got, <laughs> I got up. I walked out to the car, called my uncle, and I was talking about him. <laughs> Being honest, like it was hard. So me telling you now is a lot easier than when me processing that, right? But I remember the Holy Spirit just nudging me like, hey, you can love better in this, in this moment and, and trust that God is in control of the circumstances. And, and we have to trust that God, he's going to be our perfect father like we were talking about today. And he's the righteous judge and he's in control of the situation. You don't have to seek uh, judgment or, or you don't have to be the judge of your circumstance. You can just trust him to take care of it all. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was walking down the street. I was leaving this restaurant. It's a pretty good ramen place. Don't ask me the name. That's my wife. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was a really good ramen place, and it was in a neighborhood. It was hard to find parking. Some of you might know what I'm talking about just by that description. Like, I had to drive down the street, drive back up. Anyway, um, I remember leaving, and it was in a residential place, and there was this dog. I was holding my daughter, Eloise, and there was this dog, two dogs just jumping at the fence and barking, and, and she was with me, and she 
grabs me and she holds me tight. And I'm thinking, she don't even know. If this fence wasn't here, I wouldn't be able to save her or me. <laughs> it's cute. You make me feel real, you know, um, masculine. and Like, I'm your superhero. I appreciate your fear right now because it's making me feel good about it. But uh, <laughs> she didn't, she, you know, she doesn't care about the physics of me being separated from the, from the dog. All she knows is that if she holds on tight to her father, her father is going to protect her from the circumstance and the situation. And that's what I'm trying to point to is like, you know what? You might not ever get the apology that you feel you deserve from your enemy. You may not ever get the reckless reconciliation or the way they may not ever recognize what they did wrong the way you hope they do. But it's not about you. It's about grabbing hold of God the Father and saying, I trust you that as long as I have you and I keep you close, that's all that matters. We got to trust God today. And, and uh, I look at verse 48, and uh, he, he ends this, this, this beautiful command, and he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that's a big ask. I don't know <laughs> about you, but for Darius, to be perfect in love, to be perfect as he's perfect, that's a big, come on, Lord, work with me here. <laughs> Can we be like 25%? <laughs> About 50? 50 is hard, but, you know, it's obtainable, I think. But he says perfect. And I started thinking, you know, it kind of reminded me of uh, another part. And why would you say perfect, okay? This isn't an idea. This is not necessarily, like, the absolute. I'm not, I'm just saying what I believe to be true when God showed it to me as I studied this is in Romans chapter 5. and It says, um, therefore... Verse 1, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's a good, that's some good news, right? And uh, he says, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm going to pause for a minute, and that's a good place to just say, thank you, Jesus. And if this is your first time here, and you may not necessarily follow Jesus, and you, you, you're kind of curious, you're just opening up to this idea, this concept of Jesus, let me tell you, he died for you too. And if you've been here, and you've been a part of church for years, maybe you grew up in church, so let me tell you, you don't want to forget the fact that he died for you too. And in a little bit, we're going to have communion, and we're going to worship a little bit more and thank God for the fact that he died for all of us. That's some great news. But in verse 9, as we proceed, this is what I want to point to, because remember, he gave us a big ask. He gave us this big, he, he says, be perfect. And he says in verse nine, 9, since we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's what? 
if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? What I'm here to tell you is he gave you a big ask at the end of Matthew chapter 5. But then later on, see what we didn't see in Matthew chapter 5, what the, what the people he was talking to at the time, they didn't know was he was going to ask them to do something crazy. But then Jesus was going to be influenced by the Father's love to go in and fulfill what he was asking him to do. He said, I'm, you're my enemy because of sin, but I'm still going to take on this cross. I'm still going to take on your shame. I'm still going to go and die and resurrect so that you can have life and life more abundantly. And so now in this life that we live on our jobs and our families and our relationships, Jesus is looking at us and saying, hey, I need you to love your enemies better. Why? Because I did it for you. I did it for you. I did it for you. I, I, I <laughs> Man, I don't know about you, but I shouldn't be here right now. I shouldn't, I'm not qualified to hold this microphone in my hand because of my sin and, my, and the shame that I've caused. But God said, I did it for you because you were an enemy and I embraced you. And I, I don't know where you're at in your life and what you've done in your life, but God, he did it for you. And so now it's time for us to, to ask God, can you help me? Help me do it. Help me do it. Help me. You know, I'm like you, Darius. My father did some something I felt like wasn't right, you know, and I've been holding on to this for a long time. And, you know, I might show up to, you know, family gatherings, and it's always little short answers. You know when you're bitter? Anybody ever been that bitter where it's like, we're just going to talk about surface stuff, right? Yeah, that's a good football game. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> right? Did you see that car, man? <laughs> that's awesome, right? Like, we're not going to talk about intimacies of, because we have these invisible walls, these invisible barriers. And, and, some, and let me help you with something. Sometimes it might feel justified. Sometimes it is justified. But guess what? You are, might be justified in your feeling, but if you're going to be a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ, you're not justified to stay right there. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants you to walk out of your bitterness, out of your, unforgive, your, your unforgivingness, and walk in love. It's a big ask, but guess what? We serve an even bigger God. Man, if I really wanted to take my time for a moment, I would. if this was a good old-fashioned Pentecostal church with an organ, I might talk about how big God is and how he's always faithful, and when your giants are bigger than you, and sometimes the f forgiveness seems like a giant that's staring at you, you don't want to touch it. But Jesus, he's saying, hey, go love better. Go love better. So my challenge to you today is uh, who in your life should you love better? Some of you, who should you love at all? <laughs> we can start there. But think about that person for a moment who... Maybe it's not as intimate as family. Maybe it's just that annoying coworker. I saw this shirt <laughs> on Instagram, and I was thinking, like, those who know me know I'm joking. But the reason why I won't buy this shirt, because those who don't know me <laughs> might not know I'm joking. But the shirt said, uh, holy enough to pray for you, but hood enough to punch you <laughs> in the face. <laughs> joking. If I purchase it on Amazon, I'm just joking. <laughs> I will not swing on nobody. Shoot, I got a child. I can't get no charges. Um, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> but, but, 
uh, yeah, yeah, God, God, there's these enemies that, that, that are in our lives that God wants us to confront. So um, let's just take a moment, and I think as we reflect on what God has done to overcome us as enemies to him, I think that's a good segue into us reflecting on, on the cross. And uh, those in here who are helping me with communion, you can come on and make your way up. I think that's a good segue because if it wasn't for Jesus, man, there was an old song that they used to sing at this old church I went to when I was a kid. And they said, if it wasn't for Jesus, where would I be? (laughs) Where would I be? And I didn't understand it when I was like eight. Like, this is an old, slow song. But now that I've been through a couple of stuff and I've seen the grace of God, I've said, Lord, where would I be? (laughs) I'm singing it, right? Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.